Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Tacapella, a podcast for the acapella community where we examine the culture as well as the ins and outs of vocal music along with the people who are working to shape it. I'm one of your hosts, Alicia Edwards. Joining me, as always, is my good friend, Brian Alexander. Why are you laughing <laughs> at me? It's, it was just, I was so worried about that opening for one second because I know my name was there. I'm like, is she going to say Did her you name? Think I was gonna Say, I'm say one of name. your hosts, Brian Alexander. You know, I was worried for one second that that, that was very possible, you know? You know, I actually should have done that. We should have had Amanda put that in there. And then, wait, no, that's not who I am. Right? A little anyway. trading places for the day. Yeah, Yeah. back back to the official stuff. Brian, how are you today? <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? How are you doing? Well, I sound like I'm really excited, which I am. Do. Because I think our yeah. guests today are super stellar from mm -hmm. what I've read and heard and talked with them about a little bit but i'm actually really tired and sleepy i was about to say your tiredness is like very well hidden right now. i'm like slap happy right now that's, <laughs> yeah, it's that's that, what this is i get it you know it's that point of night at, at night when you're just like oh man what's going on and you're just getting all delusional and crazy yeah, and all yeah. that good stuff yeah and but, it happened before i left the office so okay. and, and my commute time is 40 minutes so Ooh, that goodness. also sucks well, it's anywhere between 30 and 40, depending on yeah. traffic. Well, somehow in the midst of all of that, you found some uh, some very untapped energy. So, <laughs> And I, no, I was going to say it's probably that Diet Dr. Pepper I drank, but that was a couple hours ago. Anyway, I think we have some really cool guests today. I think we do. Who are we speaking to today? We are speaking, so a few weeks ago, we spoke with Matt Zager from Cutoff Studios and he's the president and CEO. Today, we have Ali Jakubek, their vice president of events, and Rachel Hamelman, who's their chief of staff and the director of their internship program. Ali and Rachel, how are y'all doing today? Just, just peachy. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so convincing. I should be more like you. Oh, no, don't do that. I'm crazy. It's a problem sometimes. We're all going to steal a little bit of uh, Alicia's energy today. That's where it's going to have to come from. I can already sense it. I don't think it'll work. No? Okay. Yeah, well, I don't think osmosis through computers is is a real thing. It should be. That would be cool. Anyway, Allie and Rachel, there's so much we want to talk to you about because you two, from everything, like from my understanding, you're both so talented and we're just going to chat a lot. So I hope you're ready to talk about yourselves. So can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about your acapella, like for each of you, your acapella journey and how you got involved in Cutoff Studios? My journey started in high school, actually. I started a failed acapella group in high school, so I guess it didn't really start there. But nice. I was inspired and I wanted to join it in college. And so I joined this co-ed group, wow. Trevelius, at the University of Rochester. And I became the MD. And so I brought us to ICCAs for the first time. And it was really great. And that's actually where I met Matt. Um, oh, wow. He was judging and he was one of the people pushing for our group to win that quarterfinal, which was really great. And so he actually offered to come and do a masterclass with us before we went to semifinals. Oh, yeah. And it cool. was super nice of him because he was like, I'll just come by like your 9 p.m. Wednesday night rehearsal. And it was phenomenal working with him. I mean, you guys talk to him. He's just the best guy ever. And he's so inspirational for college oh, nice. kids and groups and taking them to the next level. And so <laughs> after that, we just kind of kept in touch. And after I graduated, Jeez. he asked if I wanted to come on as an arranger for the studio. And he did the infamous DM slide. He loved it. Yeah. And then I just, I like being an arranger, but I kind of wanted to do more. And the internship program was in its infancy. And so 
I'm very passionate about bringing education to younger people. And so that was where I started. And then just getting more involved with everything in the studio. I love touching all the different departments. And so we just kind of figured that maybe having me in the chief of staff role would be the best moving forward in addition to the internship program. So that's where I am today. Yeah. So like Rachel, I was also a part of a failed acapella group in high school. My audition song was Viva La Vida by Coldplay. And we did we did one song, the Beatles song, like I get that with a little help from my friends. Yeah. And we were all like, oh, we're saying the word hi in this song. Song. like we're so naughty but yeah we failed after that we had like one performance in the lunchroom and it was it was horrible so after that I did a, a madrigal choir I never got to dress up in like the medieval costumes but we sang like all the medieval songs so that was good in college I did not have like any interest in being a part of a singing group at all. I was like, that's high school stuff. Like I won't do that there. But then I saw this group with a witty name called the One Note Stand. I was like, that's funny. So I kind of like on a whim auditioned for them, made it. I got a call at like 1 a.m. And it was like the best day of my life. My grandma like wrote on my Facebook wall and was like, congratulations, Allie. I still remember that. Thanks, Granny. But they sure are. She was so confused, but she did a good job. But yeah, in that group, I started off as the communications director. And then I ended up as the president for two years, my junior and senior year. Took us to our first ICCA. And in my senior year, we had our 10-year anniversary concert. And we came in third at our quarterfinal, which we were so excited about because... It just feels good to get a piece of paper that says you did something. And we recorded our first single with Cutoff. But before all that, my junior year, we actually went to the very first Lens event. And Lens stands for Learn, Envision, Network, Sing. It is Cutoff Studios' like flagship educational event. And we got to go to the very first one. We went to it, and it was literally like a life-changing experience. It was like one of the best days ever still for me. And after that, like I immediately found Cutoff's email and I was like, hey, how can we host this at our school next year? And I just found out like pretty recently they weren't planning on doing it again. And then like I had messaged them and like, oh shoot, I guess we have to do it again. So we hosted it at my school. And after that, just kind of like kept the relationship going with Cutoff. And when I graduated in 2018 as well, Matt reached out and was like, hey, you hosted this event. You went to this event. Would you like to help run our events? And I was like, sure. What? <laughs> so the rest is history. Awesome. Pretty much. I've been in events my whole time with cutoff and I don't want to leave. So, so you've both been involved hopefully. with it for about the same amount of time. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I'm curious because I have to believe that for most acapella people at one point, like if they've done collegiate acapella, they get the thought in their mind that, man, what would it be like to do like acapella after college? Was I'm curious for the both of you, was there any point that you kind of envisioned doing this after college? Like doing anything involving acapella after college? I guess, well, so I wanted to be in like a semi-pro group if my time allowed for it. I am like not remotely, my full-time job is like not remotely anything musical. So I was like, oh, I'd love to keep that in my life. I can't tell you how many people we talk to that are like, I just want to keep acapella in my life. So I was, that's how I envisioned it for myself. But it's also, they're not very plentiful, um, especially kind of in Rochester where I was and where uh, Cutoff is kind of based. So that's, I had no idea that this type of opportunity was out there. And so it was just amazing to have just Matt be like, yeah, like you can totally do this and it's completely feasible and you can do everything that you want to do including your other job so i'm curious i'm like terrible at geography how far away is rochester from new york city 
It's about six hours or five and a half oh, hours, so depending on where you're going. I was say, it's not close, because Rochester's okay. northern New yeah. York, right? See, We're closer I to, to Toronto. I have no idea. Wow, okay. Because I knew, like, semi-pro groups or post-collegiate groups is a big thing in New York, but I guess Rochester's completely Yeah, I was going to say, beast. Rochester's closer to Canada. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Then that makes a big difference. And that's oh. why we have Canadian members. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, nice. I see. Oh, wow. Yeah. I couldn't... I guess, like, for me, I thought... I like moved to a totally different city, like a place that I had no idea like where anything was. So I was like, oh, I'll join a choir. Like that'll be my, you know, post-collegiate acapella experience. But then I was like, I can't read music. So <laughs> really? I will never like, yeah, to huh. this day, I still can't read music. That's interesting. Fun fact about Allie. Still trust me when I, you know, masterclass you, but I can't <laughs> read music. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but... I guess like for me in college, my junior year, I knew that cutoff existed. So I guess like I knew it would never end if I didn't want it to. It might end my singing career, you know, like I might not have a group that I sing with, but I always knew ever since I went to that first lens event that there was a way for me to be connected because here's a group of people who like have nothing. And at that time they were actually a group and they sang for us and it was like really cute, but I knew that there was some way for me to stay connected. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. So we're definitely going to get into the ins and outs of of, bo- of what both of you do, but I'm I'm just curious, just from an overall overview standpoint, you know, what kind of growth have you seen within yourselves uh, specifically, maybe in terms of your roles or just learning from others from your time at work and from Cutoff Studios? Because man, just a VP of events and then directing internships and being the chief of staff, I'm like, that's got to come with some serious personal development. So I'm curious, what's it been like overall? Yeah, we went through like a, a major reorg this year, of course, like perfect time in the middle of a <laughs> pandemic. Like, let's reorganize our entire studio. I had kind of been used to, I guess, just kind of like flying by the seat of my pants at the beginning. I was under a girl named Katie who developed the lens event herself, and she kind of like took me under her wing. And then all of a sudden, I now have a group of people under me that I have to now share this like magical event with them. But like they've never been to an event before. And that's been like a really a a big period of growth for me and like learning how to step back and really appreciate the opinions and the ideas of others. And also just like recognizing that, you know, just because I've been here, you know, since the beginning of this event, that doesn't mean that I have all the answers in any way, shape or form. So I think I've grown a lot through learning how to listen and adapt, especially in these weird times that we're in right now. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. What and, about you, Rachel? I, yeah, I would say that. So I adore every single person who works for the studio. And so one of the biggest things that I've seen for growth in myself is I've never really been part of like a leadership team, I guess. I was kind of always, I mean, kind of fresh out of college. Okay, I guess minus collegiate acapella, like in the real work world, I was never in the leadership position. And so having this way to work basically in like a tiny little full business and learning how different leadership styles work for everybody else who I have to work with, everybody's needs and just how they communicate differently. And because they're all so good at what they do, it's just been eye-opening to learn how to navigate that and become a better coordinator of all those skills. I've noticed that I can now use that in my job and what I do outside of the studio as well. It's been, I think, an amazing 
time learning that about myself. That's awesome. So part of what you guys mentioned, you know, just is just having to adjust and on top of all the learning and the growth that's been uh, seen with cutoff is just learning how to manage in a, you know, pandemic type of environment, which is, but I, I know Matt mentioned one thing specifically is that you all kind of are all over the place in terms of working remotely, which is very fascinating to me because normally you're thinking of a recording company, recording studio, one location, one hub, people come into the studio, get the work done. But there's like so much more depth and so much more dynamics into what you guys do. So I'm, I'm curious, has like working remotely, has that affected like the cohesion between the team? And do you all prefer like working closer to each other? Or is it just like the system is just like it's it's flawless right now? I, so we have always been remote. We've always had people, I mean, it's expanded over the past six months or so where people are. We have now people who are in Canada, somebody who's in Miami. We've got Allie's in the Midwest. I am now in Philadelphia. So it's like we're all over the place. So we've always been remote. Really, honestly, nothing has changed. We've just added more people to our team. So okay. we've never known anything different. We get together like maybe once a year to do a retreat and that's like the greatest oh, wow. but there's a lot of people that I've never met in person just oh. so it's really interesting I mean that's <laughs> that's pretty cool and I'm guessing you still work with them like as far as remote work goes I'm just curious as to how if you see a challenge like with working within different time zones I feel like the only challenge I see with working in different time zones is like I always accidentally I think that like I'm scheduling a doodle poll for a meeting like in one time oh. zone, but I'm actually oh, scheduling it in worst. another. Yeah. So like, I forget that I like have a meeting at seven, but it's actually at, you know, six yeah. or eight. Or I've something. done that before. Um. And it, w- <laughs> it was terrible because we had a guest from the UK, not the UK, what was it? They were Denmark. And, oh, and right, so right. that's like a six hour time difference. And so that's probably one detail you should get like perfect. And I kind of like told them like, oh yeah, we're meeting like an hour. We're supposed to be meeting an hour from now. And they were on an hour earlier. So yeah. it was. I always have to look at Brian's emails with I have to be a little bit cautious because he'll say it's this time in like this, like central standard time. And I'm like, okay, that's an hour ahead of me. I got to wake up earlier. <laughs> if it's, if we like do like a Saturday morning or something. Yeah. Luckily those late, late night ones work out just fine. And so, wow, that's, that's interesting that you all are just kind of used to the process and it's just kind of just worked as it is. And so that's, that's, I'm like, that's great to hear that everything's just kind of running smoothly. It's kind of this well-oiled machine. Something I'm curious about, I'm like, I just got to, I'm, I want to get a sense of everything. So I was looking over the cutoff studio and it seems like the majority of the team is actually, you know, female driven. And I find that really impressive. I don't think you see that a lot with recording studios, with, uh, you know, organizations that fall into acapella like that. And I'm curious because Ali, if I have this correct, you come from a co-ed background of singers and Rachel Trebellius was an all-female. Is that correct? And it's also co-ed, yeah. Oh, it's also say, co-ed. I think they're, I think they're okay. both co-ed. Yeah. My, my apologies there. So both of you come from co-ed backgrounds and I'm curious, what's the di- dynamic like working with, you know, uh, a team that's predominantly female versus, you know, being part of groups who may have had, you know, males and as part of that dynamic? Is there any difference at all or is it is just a business issue? <laughs> I just think it's funny because I feel like we brought this up in our, our VPs meeting because it's all of us and then Kyle and Matt. But I don't think that it's really any major difference. I think we're all type A, which definitely helps because we're all very organized and like on top of our game. I don't know. I think I for me, it's really inspiring to see we've got some some pretty boss 
boss ladies on our team. And I know like Rachel, Mac, they inspire me like every day to kind of like get myself together and get it moving. And I think, I don't know if that would be different if, if you know, they weren't ladies, but I just feel like they're an inspiring I, group I feel like with. it could, it's, it's probably also different in that you're in a post-collegiate arena and you're like in the professional world as opposed yeah. to like doing stuff like this with underclassmen. No offense, underclassmen, but I, I sang with an all-female group and I was a second year grad student and four girls in the group were freshmen. And so I was like, you know, it's, I feel like if I was in the kind of environment that you're both in with that group of people, how long ago was it? Six years ago, six and a half years ago, it probably would have been significantly more dramatic then as opposed to now yeah i'd say i mean like cutoff is definitely a lot less dramatic than than when you're all i'm guessing you're you're all post-collegiate okay so i think that there's a maturity level that comes with for sure it's all very respectful regardless i think we all bring something really unique and valuable to the table so and we respect that for each other whereas like I don't know. If you're 18, maybe you don't have that maturity level quite yet. Or or I feel like the exposure to the workplace in general. Oh my gosh, yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, you're still in that (laughs) place of like still trying to figure things out, you know? So I I, I get that. So I'm curious, in in the professional capacity that you're both in, coupled with your experience as performers in acapella, can you tell us some recent trends or advancements that you've seen in the community that you're most proud of, like in the acapella community? I definitely think that, and this is something that we kind of bring up a lot, we actually do these like little happy hours where we just like talk about our gripes and, you know annoyances in the acapella community. But something that we have noticed that's a really big trend is that it has become, especially in this COVID era with like all the Facebook groups that have been created and people have to put their content out online now because there's no other way to do it, that it's become much more open and much more accessible to see people that you would never really see before. Like these smaller groups that are from universities that you've never heard of. And now it's like this whole community is becoming more accessible. And I, that's, I really like that because there's so many people that you can talk to now super easily and it's normalized right to just like have a zoom call with people i also feel like in the same breath i've heard a lot about like groups now just like literally forming like coalitions at their university of like you know we have this council that's gonna like we're all gonna be together we're all in this together we're no longer like battling against (laughs) one another to like be the top group at school like they realize that you know this is a group effort for all of them so i think that's been awesome yeah i think that's the thing i'm most jealous of that my time in acapella collegiate acapella was lacking it didn't have a council or it didn't have a acapella society on campus because ours was the very first acapella group on campus and so we were the trendsetters there and there were some groups that tried to come along and for whatever reason they didn't stay together and so i feel like we kind of missed that which i think is so important so helpful and supportive i feel like you really get the school behind you when they see that there's all these groups that are there trying to do the same thing just think about all the support you would have gotten you know like if you hadn't spent all of your energy like hating one group for no reason (laughs) like it would have been for real it would have been so much nicer oh that's great yeah there was Um, oh sorry one of the groups that tried to form there was for some reason there i don't even know how it started but there was just like this unspoken animosity from like some members in our group to (laughs) one of the newer groups and i'm just like hey there we were them at one point yeah and so i i I never got like the whole animosity thing competition they wanted a monopoly yeah and i'm like always trying to tell people i'm like you know pitch perfect they 
they got some things right, but not everything in that movie <laughs> right. is exactly yeah, right. real life. So, so I, I got to ask, Rachel, you mentioned your, your happy hour where you talk about your gripes in the acapella community. So I want to ask you the flip side um, of my previous question. What's something that you both think the acapella community is still struggling with? I don't know if I, I mean, like I have an answer and I don't have like an actual solution to the problem, but it's kind of, I'm really, I like listening to the conversations of where it's going to go next, because I feel like it has gone okay. quite a few phases. The 2000s acapella, you know, we all know the the feel. And now we have this kind of like crazy, like awesome dramatic things that people can do with acapella. And it's kind of like, where is it going to go next? We've had pentatonics, but now it's kind of like, okay, get it. Acapella is a thing. Like, what do we do right, right. next? So I don't know if that's really lacking, okay. but it's a question that I have for the community. Like, so, like maybe struggling with like how to evolve maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get what you mean because yeah, they're like you said, we had this whole phase of uh, sing-off, pitch perfect, mm -hmm. all these really big movements. And then now it feels like we're kind of in that uh, little bit of a lull because we had so much innovation happening. And I, I think, you know, you guys mentioned it, that, you know, we're, we're getting a lot more groups are becoming a lot more digital, becoming a lot more present. You're learning right. a lot. And so we have those things, but it's almost like we're waiting on like, what's the next thing almost? I was going to say I want groups to check their email. <laughs> but I don't know if that's a, you know, a problem or not. That's that's funny to me because I feel like millennials and Gen Z are all about like the electronics and technology and making sure you're and just I feel like nowadays people are glued to their phone. You would think that they check that more often, but like I myself, I've got like 6,900 emails in my, my, my email account. I just don't know if I'm like old and, you know, but I think to myself, I'm like, you know, one day you can't just communicate through DMs. Like right. you're going to have right. to check your email. Right. One it's day. It's going to be a thing you have to do. No, I yeah, but that's like my, I guess, like joking. I wish they did that more, mostly because nobody ever reads my email. Joking, but very serious at the same time. I yeah, but seriously, check your email. <laughs> I could go on and on about how awful I am at that, but rather than take some jabs at myself, I think it's time for us to take a quick commercial break. But don't go anywhere because we'll be right back on Tacapella. Every week for an hour, we hand over the keys to the station to, wait, is that right? The listeners? It's true. You, our listeners, can choose what we play for our requests and dedications hour. You can catch it every Thursday at 9 p.m. in the East, 6 p.m. Pacific, and then again on Sundays at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. East, 2 a.m. and 2 p.m. in the West. It's a chance for you to head to our website, pick some tunes that you want to request, or make a dedication. We'll play them right here on our air. And so welcome back. To talk Thanks for tuning back into the show. <laughs> we have been speaking with Ali, Jackie Beck, and Rachel Hamelman from Cutoff Studios. They are the VP of Events as well as the Chief of Staff slash Director of Internship Program. And we've just been learning a lot about what they've been doing in terms of acapella, their growth and progression while at Cutoff Studios. And now we want to learn even more about their roles because I find them very fascinating. So let's start off with Ali here. So Ali, you are the VP of Events, which is not necessarily the first role you kind of expect when you think of recording studio and company but in a previous episode ceo matt zager he let us know that there's this idea and this importance of the events that you all do it has so much ties to education and so many other cool things and i'm curious in your opinion how does cutoffs events fit into the larger goal of the company oh my gosh well i think 
the goal of our company ultimately is to foster this incredible community in acapella is to be available to our clients and kind of just be a guiding force that can help them achieve whatever they want to achieve. And I think that our educational events do just that. We create this incredible community through Lens, which I mentioned before is Learn, Envision, Network, Sing. And traditionally, you know, it would be the events that I'm kind of in charge of would be in person and they'd have groups from like a certain area all come together and they just form this incredible network with one another through the workshops that we provide and the classes that we give them. And it's really an incredible thing, one, to be a part of and two, to see watching that community be formed. And then it's something that like stays with them even after they leave the event. So I think that our events are like a cornerstone in in our mission. So Awesome. Thank you. So can you tell us how your position as VP of events, if it's changed at all, given everything that's happened in the last six to seven months? Is there anything that you're doing differently now versus what you previously would have been doing prior to the pandemic? Oh, boy, is that a question? Obviously, we've had to pivot a lot. So around this time, I'm actually getting really sad because all my memories like on my phone, like my pictures are oh, coming back of like reminders. the lens. It's actually where Rachel and I met for the first time last oh. year at a lens event in November. But I mean, obviously, you know, we can't meet with a hundred students right. out of college anymore. And to be quite honest, we when we were talking about doing a, a virtual kind of lens event, I didn't want to do it at all. I was like, <laughs> no, this is because there's something about the event itself. I was yeah. like, this is such a beautiful thing that we have. Like, why would we even try to make that virtual? Like, couldn't do it. So, I mean, I feel like so blessed that I have directors under me who have never been to a lens event before. So they're like, Ali, what are you talking about? We can't do this virtually. Like, <laughs> duh, we can do this virtually. I'm like, but how? <laughs> so that's been a huge, just a huge adjustment. And something that's been really difficult for me, like letting go of everything that I know about our traditional events and like transforming it into something that can work in a time where like nothing is working for anyone. So that's been a huge change and adjustment that we've had to deal with. Yeah, And I, I still get what you're saying, because when I think of the this whole idea of music and I think of acapella and I'm like, it's so much is dependent on the blend of groups being feeling one another. And a lot of that, it's hard to get while you can, yes, create amazing videos for groups to see of amazing performances when you're looking at developing a group, whether organizationally or vocally, it's something about being there in, in person. And so I, I totally get what you're it's talking tangible. about. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so I, I get why the events would be so <laughs> it, important. It really means something to like be there and listen to a group like make, you know, they're singing a song at you and they make this just like incredible. They have this incredible transformation and you're like jumping up and down in front of them, <laughs> like screaming at them. And like there's something about that that and just the fact that like I think what makes me the most like sad is knowing that you know, we're, this is our first lens event where like, we're not really going to sing, you know, like you're not going to be able to sit in a circle with your eyes closed and make a song together. It's going to be really different, but I think that our community is resilient and we're going to figure it out either way. Nice. Awesome. So what's the format now in terms of virtual, like what, it, what can groups expect from doing one of Cutoff Studios events? So it's going to be a virtual format. We are going to have a variety of classes, just like a traditional lens event, which has a mix of classes and master classes. We're still going to have that class piece. We have tons of talented clinicians at the studio who have all these different like subject matter experts 
Tease areas. So they all know what they're talking about. They're working really hard to create kind of a virtual class experience presentation. So we'll be offering our classes. We're going to have a class called Akaconic, which is where we examine what we as a studio feel is the most iconic acapella performance of oh, all time. Oh, that sounds amazing. Um, and we're going to tear it up. I am so okay. excited about that one because if there's anything acapella people love to talk about, it's like the intricacies yes. of like that one performance. So I'm super excited about that class. That's something that we had never done before. And one of our directors, Alana, actually just had it in her back pocket, just like came up with it. I was like, how do you do this? That's a um, genius idea. And then we're going to have amazing and we're going to have our networking event. So it's something we're working on right now just to get groups to like talk to each other and still have that like hopefully connection with one another. And then yeah, afterwards we're gonna, we've offered each group, we've got a program called MC2, which is like Masterclass 2.0. And we're working, the events team and that team are working together to kind of try to figure out how we can offer groups after this big event, like a Masterclass, so that they can feel like they're they're getting something as a group and can still sing at us because that's something that is like so core to lens events is singing at us and they don't get to do that singing time, at so. you or we'll figure you. it out <laughs> both <laughs> it's i like to think singing at i just feel like oh gosh i i mean matt and i have like cried together at these events just because we're like being attacked by music in like, like such in a good face. way I i'd rather be saying well i don't know he doesn't i mean he sometimes thinks he's singing for me, but it's more like, <laughs> and it's and it's it's not so good. Oh, but it's love cute, you I'm mean sure. it. <laughs> so it sounds like as much as what you all offer is geared towards you know vocal and artistic development. There's also this cultural slash just this wider lens of man. This is what acapella is at the end of the day to it, which is fascinating because I could just keep thinking once you once you brought up aca iconic, I was just like, okay, how do I even and signed up do i have to be part of a group can you no you don't okay. i might might have to take you up <laughs> well i oh, guess not okay. oh you can sign up as an individual or as okay, a group. Might just, Ryan, let's do it i was about to say i might just get some friends together i'm like hey guys, <laughs> let's do it let's spend a saturday talking head to cutoffstudios.com <laughs> perfect oh man that's awesome okay wonderful okay so let's switch gears just a little bit here i'm going to tra uh transition over to rachel here so the first question we're going to get into the director of internship programs here but i have to know what are the responsibilities of a chief of staff because that's like the coolest title it seems like absolute power right there what what's going on <laughs> with chief of staff that is so funny i think the chief is the yeah is the powerful part there yeah not that of staff is bad. Yeah, but it's the most important part. Like, that is so funny you say that because I actually was, Matt just approached me yesterday saying, oh, like, I don't know, because this is a new role that we kind of made for you. Are you okay with the titles? Everything okay with it? And I was like, I love being called the chief of staff. So <laughs> right? it's completely fine with me. But yeah, so for the chief of staff role, it's kind of, I guess, was born out of the fact that I just love everything about the studio and wanted to be clued into everything. And it's hard for Matt with our studio kind of exponentially growing in the past six months to do that on his own. And so I kind of work as an assistant to Matt, checking in with all of our VPs and all of our directors and making sure that everything's going smoothly, smoothing out any problems that might happen, helping out if we have any kind of new initiatives that we're working on, any new programs or projects that people want to start and like helping them assemble a team or figuring out all the things that they need. So that's kind of the big bulk of it. And I make meetings happen. That's pretty. <laughs> sounds like you're kind of the bridge between yeah. the different divisions of the studio. I try to be. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's gonna sound, it sounds like you're keeping things running behind the scenes, which is always important. Well, I, I see no. Ali like nodding her head like in serious agreement there. So, I mean, you've got to be doing something right. I die to try. I like Matt is definitely very visionary and he loves, he's got some type A tendencies, but I feel like I am the kind of behind the scenes, just like, okay, Matt, like, let's just take a step back and make sure that we can actually do that. <laughs> well, I'm curious. So you're also the director of internships. Can you tell us kind of how, what your major responsibilities are with that? Yeah, so I run the interviews that we do for all of our applicants. Um, it's actually gone, the internship program itself has gone through a couple of iterations over the years. It kind of started out more general where we just took the best people that we saw, people that felt like they aligned with the cutoff vision the most, and then kind of let them do whatever they wanted to in the studio, it kind of became a lot to handle with like, well, I want to learn something about production and also go to this lens event and also all these things. So recently we've transferred it over to a track program. So you choose one of five tracks, kind of executive events, communications, production, or operations to apply to. And then, you know, we ask about your background and then we chose the best people that we had. And it depends on what pro projects people have going on. Like production was kind of not capable of taking a production intern this semester. So it wasn't really the best option for anybody, but maybe next semester there will be, you know, a good opportunity for production intern. So right now we have three lovely interns. Okay. So yeah. Do you have a max number of interns that you can take on in a given semester? I like to say that it's three now. It obviously okay. is flexible, less or more. We have had five in the past. That was a little bit hectic, okay. but that was also when we had less people working in the studio in general. So maybe now I'd be a little more. Sure. So, yeah. okay. So an internship involving acapella might be one of the coolest gigs a college-aged student can secure. Can you tell me what separates Cutoff's internship program from other music internships? Yeah, so I would say that the first thing that's different is obviously Cutoff works very differently than most other production studios. I think that sometimes, or any kind of music internship in general, I know there's a lot of people out there that want to have acapella in their life but maybe don't have the bandwidth to do it for their full-time job. So to be able to work with a studio that functions exactly that way, we do this as a passion project. So that's kind of, I think, one of the biggest differences. And also the fact that we offer things like production, education things, and then also our huge community focus. Our interns can have an inside look on all those different areas, which not every business might. Cool. Awesome. And, and you said... You talked about the different tracks in, in the internship program. I know there's production, and you may have already mentioned this, so if you did, I apologize. So you mentioned there's production, and what are the other, other tracks that they can get involved in? Yeah, so we have executive, which works kind of more, that's for people who want to learn more about the financing and just being a leader in the studio setting in general, kind of what Matt does, um, and I guess to an extent what I do. And then we have our communications track, which is mostly social media and trying to come up with networking events and figuring out how to market our things. And so it's a lot of content creation and just brainstorming new ideas for that. And then events, which our current event is helping, our, our current intern is helping Allie out with the virtual lens event and planning that. So we've had interns in the past also come to our in-person lens events and help us make the whole day happen. It's a lot of stuff. And then production where they can learn about 
a production project that's happening, and then operations kind of has two things under it. It's a you'll learn more with Lishni when you talk to her. But we have a video department that's new that is coming out of that, and then also covers all of our masterclass type things in our masterclass 2.0 program. So that's kind of all the different focuses that people can look at. So I'm curious because it seems like both of you have a lot of interaction with you know musicians and interns and different people from different walks of life. What are some of the things that I guess the both of you have learned from working with singers from all over? I'm like, are there any cultural differences? Because I know a lot of people like to think like acapella is the same wherever you go, but you know us, Alicia and I, we talk to a lot of different people, and it's just like, no man, everyone does things just a little bit differently. And I have to imagine, especially with you know working with students that are kind of finding their way in acapella, they're still trying to figure out what they want out of this whole ex- crazy experience. So what, what are some of the things that you two have learned? So I think one of the things, well, in a more like smaller context, I think that coming out of college acapella, I think a lot of people can kind of be, get bogged down in their own, like everything in my area, all the people that compete at my ICCA, those are the only people that matter. And the first time that I, I mean, for real, right? Like, it's like, well, I'm the best one in like the central region five, you know, like, right. But getting that perspective on groups from all over and how different groups function. Like some groups are like, we are strictly casual. We do not like to compete. And then you have the groups that you know, are so good that they don't compete anymore because they can't. (laughs) So I think gaining that perspective for young people is really important because you can kind of do whatever you want to do and what your group feels like is best. And then Matt and I were actually on a bigger scale, just talking to somebody the other day who actually did acapella in Asia for quite a while. And so he was telling us about how it's completely different there. There's no, it's super popular there, but it's also very easy to get into. And so here in the US, we have this very, he was saying a very kind of competitive and like, you know, you can't, you're not allowed to sit at our table type of, you know. um, (laughs) That might be the best views. Yeah, (laughs) no. So it's kind of interesting to see that other, because I just assume that everywhere, we have this similar problems and I'm sure to an extent we do, but other places are much, it's a much more casual community and everybody has a slight interest in it. Yeah. That's something I picked up from, you know, just the countless hours I've spent and wasted on uh, YouTube, just looking up videos and stuff. I'm like, at least from the, 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 the region of Asia over there, it just seems like they're, like you said, there's so many people into it and like, you can find all of these small groups and people are just the feel is just like, Hey, it's not ICCA. It's they're doing it strictly for the love of the art at the end of the day. And I'm sure I'm like, I, I know that that's, you know, there are a lot of people here that's the same way, but there's like the overall feel to me just kind of just exudes that. And I'm curious, Ali, what about you? Are there anything you've picked up from working at these events with these these young musicians that are just like, huh, you know, maybe there's a realization there from, from what I'm doing? I think it really depends on like the, I don't want to call it like the, the life cycle of the group, like where they're at. But a lot of groups that I've worked with have been in like their discovery phase of like, you know, do we want to stick with tradition? Do we want to stay just like this fun group that just loves to hang out with each other? Or... And like, I feel like it, a lot of groups are in that position where they're like, it's an either or it's like, either we are this fun group that like, just like hangs out and loves each other, or we're a group that competes, you know, and we're a group that like, you know, we're trying to be good. And I, I think that that's where you really get the difference in groups. It's not necessarily like a a geographical thing, because I've like judged ICCAs out in the Midwest. And I think it's the same thing. It's just like based on where your group is in the life cycle. But I think it's really important also to point out to groups that like, you can still be both. You don't have to like throw away everything that, you know, has made you who you are and that has built you 
in order to become good. So I think that's really just the big difference. Well, and I, th- I think something like for me, like, because I'm actually in a post-collegiate group that Brian founded when he lived in Utah. And we've gone like even so not even collegiate groups. It's I mean, all I feel like all stages of, of life, I guess, like doesn't matter if you're a collegiate group or high school or post collegiate. I mean, you're gonna run into are we this or this. And I, I think what you're saying is absolutely true. People don't realize that they can be both. Yeah, I feel like there's always been this kind of I like what Ali is saying, there's been this identity battle of, you know, if in order for me to be really good for and I don't I'm not sure where this idea kind of, you know, developed from, but it's like in order for me to be really good, I have to compete. I have to go out there and prove, right, you know, right. my level of talent. Or you need to be on YouTube with a million followers. Yeah, and there's just like so many, I'm like, for me, I'm like, there's so many amazing groups that, you know, mainstream people don't even know about. I'm like, yeah, we know about the pentatonics of the worlds and the straight note chasers, but man, there are some other groups that are out there killing it. And you know what? They probably never stepped foot on the competition scene. So super important for you, Rachel. What's the biggest thing you hope interns that come through the cutoff studios process and, and maybe this can also apply to you uh ali as well people that come through the cutoff studios whether they're doing education whether they're doing internship what's the biggest thing you hope that they walk away with after you know going through the program whatever facet that they find themselves in i think that one of the biggest things that we push and i'm sure that ali will also echo this is just we want them to feel like they're part of a community after they leave like we have an unofficial saying of like once you kind of have done something with cutoff like you're part of the family now so like we're not going to let you go and we will continue to like talk to you and that's what I for the internship program specifically hope that they feel like they can they always have us where whatever they're doing even if it's just like regular life things not even acapella related they can always come back to us and like just talk through things or ask for our help on something and so that's one of the biggest things that I hope that anybody in any facet will take away that's super important yeah your acapella career ends but it's never really over it'll be there forever as long as cutoff is around like it'll be there yeah yeah i love the fact that you mentioned family because i think that's the biggest thing i always hear from people that come through the acapella process is you know what more than anything my group is like my family and i'm sure it seems like it applies to you all you know not even just the the job roles but just working together with your your team of staff there at cutoff so that's also amazing. Okay. So in the we have just a, a few short minutes here left before we had to take a quick commercial break, but we did some digging on Instagram and we have <laughs> two very important questions we need to ask of our guests. So the first one, we're going to direct it to Allie. So Allie, I was looking at your Instagram, which I, I love it because it's all food and, you know, I live to eat. <laughs> and so I'm curious. Brian is a foodie. <laughs> she is correct. That is, that is no secret. <laughs> so for all the wing lovers out there, we've got to know know is baked buffalo cauliflower worth a try oh my god it's so good (laughs) okay it's not but here's the thing here's the thing you cannot go into it thinking it's going to taste like a chicken wing i think that's the problem with all of these you know alternatives to things you can't be like it's going to be like chicken like no it's going to be like cauliflower with buffalo sauce that's what it would throw like you just you have to get that through your head but it will be crispy it doesn't sound good oh it's good it's really good i'm a really picky eater so like brian was if you like buffalo Buffalo sauce, okay. if you like buffalo sauce okay. and you're okay with like the texture of cauliflower, like it's okay. really a game changer. Yeah, like Brian was here visiting and we went out to like this Mediterranean pizza place and and I don't he got something with all sorts of stuff on it and I was like, I'll just take the pepperoni. <laughs> <laughs> no, you gotta go all out with You had sauce. all the options in the world. Okay, yeah, because I, I saw that and I'm just like I've seen a lot of people do the cauliflower for, you know, wings or imitation wings or whatever they're supposed to be. But I'm just like, uh, I'm a little hesitant 
100%, but buffalo sauce does go on, like, everything. And, like, it makes everything taste yeah. better, so. Just don't let anybody tell you that it's going to taste like chicken, because it doesn't. Okay. <laughs> I'm, all right. Food. Exactly, see? Yes. It's amazing. It's like tons of food oh, pictures. Oh, look, and pepperoni pizza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. I'm basic too. It's fine. So, okay. Well, I, <laughs> I just, I had to know that. All right. So, and then my last question here is, so I was looking at Rachel's Instagram and then <laughs> you, you like to travel, you like to get outdoors, which I can appreciate for yes. sure. And I'm curious. All right. So give me what's one underrated or not widely known location, you know, in or around New York to get a great view because I'm seeing all your pictures of scenery and stuff and I need to know. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is such a hard question. I'm not gonna be basic and say Letchworth because I feel like a lot of people know about it. And say what? Letchworth, it's called the Grand Canyon of the East. It's like a oh. gorge. It's very pretty in the fall. I'm pretty jealous that I'm not up there anymore because I moved, so I can't see it. But I would say that one park that's kind of, it's like part in Pennsylvania and part in New York, it's Allegheny State Park. And it is phenomenal and you can like walk like through rivers to like like see waterfalls and it is amazing so highly oh, recommend very cool. oh i'm trying that out next time I, I can get up there that's awesome that is very cool well thanks for that <laughs> wonderful feedback for those answers i feel like we learned just a little bit more about each of you on that note we are going to take a quick commercial break but don't go anywhere because we're going to come right back here on talk Appella and continue speaking with ali and rachel from cutoff studios Akaville is broadening our network we're introducing a new show and podcast called Vocal Perspective, hosted by myself, Rachel Schoenbaum, and the amazing Amanda Cornaglia. Each week, we speak with a new female or female-identifying member of the acapella community to talk about ideas, themes, and topics that affect us. Tune in at Acaville on Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, or on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Acaville, home of vocal perspective. And we're back on Tacapella for our final segment of the show tonight. We've been talking with Allie and Rachel from Cutoff Studios. So if you are just now tuning in, make sure you go back and listen to the rest of the episode. As per tradition, we are going to start this last segment with a round of rapid fire questions to get to know Allie and Rachel a little bit better. So Allie and Rachel, are you ready? Probably not. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's an appropriate response to this. Well, yeah. too bad. Yeah. I'm, I'm kidding. Well, I, I'm sorry, but we're going to ask these questions anyway. Brian, sure. are you ready? I am so ready for this. I feel like I'm a really lame game, like, <laughs> host right now. So here we go. All right, Allie and Rachel, what was the last song you sang in front of an audience? The national anthem. And my mom said it was horrible. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, man. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> that, I was in a choir, so probably whatever the last song of our set was, it was probably some, like, women's march for suffrage song, to be honest. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fun. All right, question two. What's your favorite non-acapella activity? Hiking. <laughs> yeah, I would say same. Okay, very cool. What is your life's motto? Don't be a jerk. <laughs> I like that. That it's is good and, that's yeah, like words to live motto. by. Um, that is really good words to live by. That wow. It was on my graduation <laughs> cap in college, so <laughs> my thing now. Oh gee. Wow. I would probably say that talking it out is best. 
That's a super way to talk it out. People don't talk enough these days. I get what you're saying. I like it. All right. Question four. If you were performing at the Super Bowl halftime show, what performer would you want to make a guest appearance? John Mayer. Oh, that was quick. Not even need to think about that. Bring your guitar on yourself. That's all I need. I would have to say Beyonce. And I don't care that she will show me up because I, you know, she can just do the whole thing and I'll just be there on the side like, yeah. I get it. That's fantastic. All right. Question five. What is the best meal you've ever had? Rabbit pot pie. What? Yes. It was so good. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Did you say rabbit pot pie? Yes, don't sleep on rabbit. Okay. Rabbit is good. Uh, okay. Wow. I'm like getting worried now because the the cauliflower, now the <laughs> rabbit. What's, what's happening there? I live in the Midwest. Things are weird. Out <laughs> okay. That, that explains a I can't explain it. Okay. That's funny. That's so funny. I guess I also have a weird meat, but it was I had wild boar um, ragu <laughs> oh, in Toronto and it was phenomenal Ooh. and I think about it a lot. That's kind of cool. Boar is delicious. Mm-hmm. Man, that sounds I've great. never had it. So What? You're from Texas. How have you not had it? I think the most exotic thing I've ever eaten is bison. It's pretty good. Oh, bison is good. It was really good. Okay, great choice, yeah. Sarah. All right, question six. On the soundtrack of your life, what song is the opening track? I like have to go through. You Are the New Day by the <laughs> King oh, Singer. Great song. Yes. Oh, I feel like I have so to like good. look at my Spotify very quickly. Like I was not prepared. <laughs> well, I feel like it changes a lot, but I definitely think that there's a song called God Awful Things by Lake Street Dive. And that song just like is ready to go and it's like just a very great I song. Do not know that song. I, I love to it. Hear that we'll one. have to check that yeah. out. Question seven. Cats or dogs? Dogs. <laughs> there it is. We've Without had a few fail. people say cats. Like Kyle said cats. Kyle, like two people, Kyle yeah. wants a cat. I mean they're a lot they're low maintenance. I'm like I have three. They could kill so, the squirrels yeah, in my true. attic. So I <laughs> Or they might just play with them. You know, either way, they'd keep them entertained. <laughs> Leave them out of my workspace. Keep them away from you. That's so great. All right, question eight. What's your favorite performance memory? We had in my ICCA set my senior year, we had a key change. And I actually think it was on accident. An accidental key change in the song Believer by Imagine Dragons. And I was the soloist and I just like risen up from the ground and I was like raising my hand in the air. That was probably the best moment ever. That sounds epic. That and then like crying through my senior solo, like the whole time. <laughs> it happens, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would say, well, mine's probably also an ICCA one. I didn't want a senior solo because I hate like soloing in front of people. But <laughs> yeah, during our ICCA set, it was probably the whole time and like maybe towards the very end because we did this like, you know, it's minor and then it goes to major. Like, whoa. And that we ended it though. And I was like, we just crushed that. I was like, this is so nice. great. That's and awesome. it was phenomenal. And so, yeah, we did crush it. Very good, very good. All right, question number nine. Which of the two are you more likely to do with friends? Trivia night or attending a sporting event? Trivia. Allie hosts her own trivia with her friends. Wow. <laughs> I sure do. In my front yard. Oh, man, that really? sounds awesome. That yeah, is... like social distance trivia. So cool. And then I accidentally get kind of, yeah, I, I get intoxicated. <laughs> 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 perform the duties of a trivia I'm sure that master, is, that is but... also highly entertaining. I would, yeah, I also probably say trivia just also because Rochester doesn't have the greatest of sports as well. Oh, okay. So... Okay, that's fair. <laughs> no. I like both of those answers. Great, great choices. All right, final question. What's one thing on your bucket list that you could actually see yourself completing in the next year? Do you have a bucket I list? I do have Rachel? a bucket list in the next year, however, like mm-hmm. COVID permitting or not COVID permitting? <laughs> 
Let's say that COVID is, is COVID? gone by like March or April or something. Okay. Yeah, like the oh, summer. That's fall. like wishful that thinking. Very I'm wishful being thinking. very oh. optimistic. But if I could pretend yeah. like that's the case, then I really want to take like a month and road trip out west because I really have never been there. Um, and I would love oh, to. Okay. And so that is definitely something that like once I graduate from my master's program, I want to go and travel and hike. And that's what I want to do. You should come to Utah. I absolutely will. Yep. Utah is a beautiful Utah's place. Utah is the best. Well, if you need a halfway point, Rachel, you yes, know where exactly. to stop. I was going to say, um, I have a spare bedroom if you just want to like crash in it. I, I'm always like inviting people over to my house. Hey, do you want to come over? <laughs> I have a spare bedroom. <laughs> you should, I feel always, that same always way. people who I've met. <laughs> Not like some rando on the street. Hey, come hang out at my house. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I would say my bucket list, I've always wanted to do a century bike ride with my dad. So that's a hundred mile bike ride. Oh, wow. So Man. just got to get a, a bike better than I like the that one would I be really yeah. painful. Yeah, you get the, the saddle seat. It's very unfun. Oh, man. Okay. Well, we'll be hoping that both of you are able to do that. Those, those are great ideas here. Taking notes. All right. Well, thank you for that wonderful round of rapid fire questions. We're going to close our show with something that our listeners can walk away with. We always like to ask our guests if they could offer some advice to our listeners. And we're going to pose that same question to you, you two here today. Allie and Rachel, if you could offer listeners something that you've been thinking about, something inspirational, something that's been on your mind, what kind of advice? would you impart upon them? So my, I always think about this when I'm trying to give advice to people or just with anybody asks that, especially if you are in college, like, please get out of your bubble and talk to people. I don't mean that in a mean way. I just mean it's so easy to get bogged down. And there's so much out there. And there are so many inspirational people that you have no idea that they're out there. There's groups that sound like nothing you've ever heard before. And they are doing things that you know, you just you've never even thought of. And so please just get out there, find them on YouTube, like just follow their Instagram pages with your own Instagram page, you know, and like just reach out to them. And please like immerse yourself in the community. Yeah, I would say don't forget where you came from. Remember that you have, especially if you're a group that's been around for a little while, you have a group of alumni who are so proud of you and so freaking excited for you no matter if you know you think you're doing some pretty lame stuff or like you think that they don't care like we care a lot and we miss being a part of this you know the collegiate group more than you might think so don't forget where you came from we're always always around to to chat or or just to you know love on you so just don't forget that like a wonderful advice from both of you that was wonderful um if our listeners wanted to learn more about each of you also learn more about cutoff studios where could they go so you can go to cutoffstudios.com you can to learn about any of our events or programs that we have to offer we also have an instagram page which is cut underscore off underscore studios um we're also on facebook i hear there's rumblings of us getting a tiktok but that hasn't happened yet um <laughs> Um, and our email is contact or really probably any other word at cutoffstudios.com. <laughs> me personally, Rachel, you can find me on Instagram at rach.ham, R-A-C-H dot H-A-M-M on Instagram or find me on Facebook. It's just my name. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in addition to what Rachel already said, if you would like to see buffalo cauliflower and a plethora <laughs> of other recipes follow at the barefoot alley a-l-l-i is how i spell that so awesome well you heard it here go give them a follow on all those channels right there alicia if our listeners wanted to learn a little bit more about you where could they go 
You can find me on Instagram. My Instagram name is E-squared1989. How about you, Brian? As always, find me on Twitter at TheBrianAlex, Brian with an I. And also, please be sure to go give Talkapella a follow. We have a Twitter account, Talkapella, two Ps, two Ls, the right way. On that note, be sure to go check out our website, Talkapella.org. You can hear previous episodes as well as hear news on upcoming episodes. And on that note, that's going to wrap up today's show. We want to thank Allie and Rachel so much for being our guests today they were wonderful we learned so much and yeah go give them a follow because they are amazing thank you both yeah thank you awesome be sure to give Akaville Radio a follow you know they're the reason we have this platform to stream the show through and for 